Hello, and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall, and I'm very happy again to be in the studio. Lovely day today, and uh, our topic today is the AGA Journal. So we have some great guests here to talk all about it. Let's start with uh, Mary Margaret. I want you to say hello. Oh, hello, Paul. I'm Mary Margaret Yogis. I edit the journal, and I'm delighted to meet you and be here. Same here. And Don. Uh, hi, Paul. Um, delighted to be here as well. I'm a retired federal executive and the incoming chair of the uh, journal editorial board. Awesome. Well, thanks to you, to you both for being here today. And uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. I think, you know, we just want to talk a little bit more about the journal. I think a lot of folks are obviously familiar with it. But, you know, to understand how, it, you know, how, how does it all come together? How do you pick the articles? What if I want to write an article? That kind of, the whole, just to, to go over the whole thing. So uh, why don't we start off as far uh, with Don here. So I understand there's a journal board. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what is that? Who's on that board? Sure. It's a 12-person it's a board, mm -hmm. and it represents kind of the broad range of the constituency of AGA. So we have... Federal people, uh, members with federal experience, mm -hmm. state and local experience, academics, um, and private sector experience dealing with, you know, federal and, and state and local financial management issues. Mm -hmm. um, it's really nice to have such a large board and to have to be able to have such a broad range of backgrounds and experiences. Uh, it, uh, how many people is that on the uh, board? It's 12. 12. Okay, um, thank you. Yeah. And... It, they serve for three-year terms mm -hmm. um, with the option of a renewal for an additional three years. So there's a fair amount of continuity, and I think that's important because I have to say, this is, I'm finishing up my third year, and the first six months or so takes a little getting used to it. They're right. you know, trying to figure out what, what all's involved and, um, because it's a very different role for some people. Right. So, and Mary Margaret, are you, are you on that board too, or what's your role exactly? I'm the liaison between the... AGA staff and the board, ah, and, okay. and I work closely with them, and um, I, I depend on the board. Um, they're my subject matter experts and everything, and so when an article comes through, they're the ones that read it and give a double-blind peer review, and then they tell me, or they, they tell the chair, who's going to be Don this year, mm -hmm. um, they tell the chair, yes, no, or maybe, should we publish this? article and so that it's the board that really decides okay and this is just quarterly journal right so I, i'm just a little bit about the process i'm just curious i mean you know when when do you all read the articles is it just the over the three months or what's what's kind of the process what's the week to week well there there's a submission deadline so okay. the articles all come in proposed articles all come into mary margaret okay um she then compiles a list of what's available and we have two to three or even sometimes four members of the board read each article oh, wow. independently. Okay. Um, and then offer up their comments mm -hmm. um, back to Mary Margaret, who will then consolidate them uh, and pass that information back to the author. Um, at the same time, as we try to figure out whether the article is really, you know, is it ready for publication? Is it is it the kind of article we want to um, have in the journal? Does mm -hmm. it cover the topics? And is it, you know, is it, you know, professionally done? And I don't mean that as a professional writer, but, you know, this is a professional journal and we want content that, that appeals to our, you know, members and our readers. 
Yeah, because I mean, I noticed when I read them, I mean, a lot of them have citations or references. I mean, it's not just somebody's, unless it says it's their opinion. You know, they try to, you try, do you do some accuracy checks and things like that or back checks, I guess? I, well, you want to make sure that somebody, it's a, to me, this is one of the intriguing parts of being uh -huh. on the board. Um, somebody is oftentimes expressing an opinion. Sure. You may not agree with that opinion, yeah. but if their opinion is factually supportable and, and, and it's a good discussion, mm -hmm. um, so you want something that is factually correct yeah. and that advances a topic and a discussion in a way that, you know, you know our, uh, members of the, of the AGA in particular would benefit from reading and thinking about the article. It's, it's really interesting because you get a, a number of controversial topics mm, at times. Interesting. And where people might have different ranges of the views um, and perspectives. And so long as it's factually accurate, it fosters a good debate and a, and a healthy discussion, hopefully. So, I mean, like what, I mean, what would be controversial, I guess? I'm just thinking accounting world. How controversial can it get? Or is it like political things? Or what kind of things are controversial, you know? Well, I, first, I haven't seen any political... Okay. Well, there you, you go. Know, That's good. In, in, in my three years, <laughs> right. and Mary Margaret's got uh, you know, more, much more experience. But yeah. um, So it's not political. I think controversial, when you're talking about oversight mm -hmm. or when you're talking about you know, control environments, yeah. um, there are degrees, there's levels. Mm -hmm. um, some people might want you know, a level of oversight you know, at you know, 100%. Other people might think, Oversight is more appropriate at thirty-three percent. You know, gotcha. And so it's that kind of. And again, people will advance a very reasoned argument for their position, and you know, in some articles, and that's great. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. have you seen anything? What's here? Well, sometimes, um, for instance, we have an article right now that we're evaluating, and one of the reviewers said, "Well, this is mind-boggling to me that we would need a policy in place for this." this particular thing that mm -hmm. we're looking at. And oh. then others said, another reviewer said, oh, this is great. I would like to put it forward. So there is a little back and forth. Interesting. And um, th that's where the chair comes in. The chair gets the final word on, are we going to publish it in this journal? Mm -hmm. And we do try to encourage. If, um, if someone's article is dividing the group as to whether it's right or, or wrong to yeah. publish it in the journal, then we usually send it back with all the comments and give the author a chance to redo mm -hmm. or to say, oh, I don't want to redo it because this is what I think. And then, but, but normally we have many um, options for them to improve the article. And so that's, um, that's what we would do in that case. But controversy is um, mostly how we, how you approach yeah. accountability. I like strong opinions on, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe, Mary Margaret, a little bit more about the process. I mean, so it sounds like obviously the board is reading these articles, the ones they think are good, the ones they think maybe don't fit. Um, you know, what is that final say? That, I mean, how do you prioritize or how do you make sure they fit into what you're doing for that quarter? Well, we have a theme that mm -hmm. the board has determined, and it, uh, but the article doesn't have to directly address the theme. It mm. could be... Um, uh, aligned with it somehow, or it could just be off the wall, and we would still, if it's good, we would like it. Mm -hmm. So what we want is um, an article that um, 
brings people to think. We want to be the thought leaders, of, you know, in, in AGA. We want AGA to encourage people to think about these issues. And so we, I forgot the question. Well, it was just, you know, how do you then come to the conclusion that these are going to be the 10 articles that end up in this, this quarter's journal? Oh, um, well, the, the chair of the board would then decide which six articles. Six. We typically okay. pick six uh, out of all the submissions. And then which ones were maybes, we send them back to the author and say, try again, work mm -hmm. on it for the next issue. Okay. And then occasionally some people, we just can't use it. It's just too um, far from the mission of the journal. Yeah. And we just send it back and say, thank you very much. Okay. Um, and then the, once the chair has determined the six, I usually work with the chair um, to journalistically figure out how, how the articles fit together best. So we want a good, strong lead article usually. And then um, in the middle, um, we also want a strong one to start the second um, portion of articles. And so... Um, yeah, it's kind of like a newspaper. You want you got the headline, you know, the few, first few pages are like the most exciting ones, right? Or what, you know. Um, so actually, maybe Don, back to the themes. You know, how do you guys pick these themes, or who picks the themes? Well, know? it's 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 a consensus process. Okay. Um, and it starts. Oh my gosh, uh, more than a year in advance. Hmm. Um, and so each issue of the journal will list the next four themes for the next for the next year. Right. So at at Basically, with each quarterly release, you need to come up with one more theme because mm -hmm. one will have dropped off, right. and one had you know, and we try to be a little bit ahead of that curve, um, and and you know have them, but you also want to be adaptive, right, um, and be able to pull together a theme that's going to be relevant. Uh, obviously, it's hard to be timely, you know, in a sense if you're looking out, you know, five quarters. Um, I mean, pandemic, right? Yeah. All these crazy things that have popped up, right? So then you can change, yeah. you know, and and we've done that. We've done a little bit of that changing on the fly. Okay. I think the other thing is is that, and Mary Margaret, correct me if you're if I'm wrong, but we try to keep the themes broad. Okay. You know, broad enough and, to, yeah, yeah. And and they're not exclusive. If somebody comes in with an article that's really you know a relevant type of thing. And it's not, you know, point on the theme. Well, that's fine. You know, uh, yeah. you know we have the ability to accommodate that. Yes. Yeah. We always um, have room for a good article. So if, if it's well-written or well-researched. And speaking of that, if, if, it's, if the person maybe uh, hasn't got writing skills that, that would bring forward a, a really journalistically beautiful article. I, I love to help writers. Okay. I love to work with them. Sometimes if they have a day job and they're writing this at night or on the weekends, I will work at night and on the weekends to help them. And in that way, I get to be a teacher again. I, right. I've been a teacher <laughs> in the past and uh, it is nice to be able to work with them and to just, we just talk through it. What are you trying to say? And then usually it just takes a little bit of time, and then the writer's off and running, and mm -hmm. then all I do is the, the copy edit, and I, 
I am a battle axe of an editor, and everybody <laughs> knows okay. it. And, uh, but I do that to everybody, so I have no favorites. Uh, and that's a great thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that in, in, in all seriousness, that both that consistency and the kind of the strict, you know, no, no, you know, there's a right way to say this, you know, you know grammatically. Oh, and yeah. That's you know, and or editorially to structure something that that's boy, that's a huge benefit. I. The journal is really quite fortunate to have somebody yeah. with Mary Margaret's experience um, to do this. Yeah, I mean, I read a lot of the articles. They're very well written, you know, like you said, grammatically and just, you know, kind of uh, what are we talking about? What's the meat? What's the conclusion? I mean, I really like how they're laid out. So hopefully that's something, sounds like that's something you guys help to keep that format or to make them, yeah, journalistic, you know, good quality. Yeah, so I, I do depend on the board too. Like mm -hmm. when I don't, I, I don't always understand the material. Sure. To be honest, yeah. because I come from the English department, so <laughs> um, sometimes I have to go back and say, you know, this is beyond me. Is this correct? And and that's a great function of the board too that I really appreciate is um, being able to have people I can. So it's really a team effort. It's I'm doing the editorial part, but the board is working on the content, and, um, and, and, and we have different writers coming in from diff all different walks of life involved in accountability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think one of the neat things about the blind process, I mean, not only does it give it the integrity, but you also don't know who, you know, Mary Margaret knows who submitted the article, but none of us on the editorial board know who submitted the article. That's good, yeah. And so it gives you an objectivity as you read it to mm -hmm. go through and, you know, and, and quite frankly, in some cases, to question something or go back and, you know, say, whoa, that's interesting. Where'd that come from? Right. And, um, and then realize later on, oh, I understand that. But the other piece of that is, and I, I find this, and it makes Mary Margaret's job tougher, I think, um, the range of where people are in their careers that submit articles mm -hmm. is really quite wide. And we have some fairly young, you know, career-wise submissions. Sometimes those need more editorial work or they need a little bit broader perspective because they've not been exposed to some of the other areas, which right. we're able to do. And other times we have people that are incredibly established and seasoned and, you know, well-respected, you know, well, you know, kind of well-known throughout the community. Right. Um, and with Blind Review, you know, you're just working with the paper, which is, yeah. I think, really good. I like that. And some agencies have communications departments that can help their people yeah. write something, or some companies do. If I have uh, someone who's an AGA member who has a good idea, and like I said, they're working on nights and weekends trying to do this article, then that they're the the people that need a little help sometimes just to get it into the right format or Maybe they haven't done research and footnotes since college. And, mm -hmm. uh, that's a, it's a big challenge. In fact, mm -hmm. the footnotes, the end notes are hard for everybody, myself included. But, um, yeah, so we, um, it's a variety. We look for variety, and um, we are making the, the themes more broad as we go along now to try mm -hmm. to encourage. Because, as Don said, things are so far out when we, a year out that, Something could happen like a pandemic, yep. and all of a sudden, none of the things you wanted to do are relevant anymore. So um, that's where we are now. Yeah. Well, and speaking of which, so not only the 
articles and the quality and the relevance, I mean, I, I really find the design and artwork and things like that are really nice in there too. Like how, how do you all you know, accomplish that? Well, the artwork, um, I, uh, Lindsay McEwen is my, um, is the senior manager of marketing at AGA mm -hmm. and she really has a great eye for yeah. uh, design. And so she generally finds the artwork from different sources, you know, that you can use online sources of art content. And she'll find a bunch of possibilities. And then actually, Anne and Susan love um, getting involved in the art mm. selection. So okay. it, it is a team sport. And um, <laughs> uh, they, they choose the selections. And then we send it to this wonderful um, design company called Design Pond. Mm. They're located I've heard in of them. Yeah. Maryland. They're wonderful. Yeah. And... Um, and we send it to them, and they make it look beautiful. So, uh, And that's an important thing. I mean, you know, so many people are very visual, especially, you know, not just words on a page. You want to see an enticing visualization or graphic or, you know, I, I love how you guys have done a really good job of that, too, in the different articles. Thank so. you. Well, we're, we're proud of that. It, it does look good. And uh, we do keep it now to 64 pages and six articles. So now we, we have kind of a rhythm established and yeah. how much art we need to pick and so I'm, I'm glad you enjoy that yeah. i mean uh, speaking as kind of an uh, as a reader i'll say yeah i find it very inviting mm -hmm. and you know sometimes professional journals the type fonts are tighter the columns and you yes. can open an article and it's well to use a phrase intimidating yeah and uh, and ours i think tend not to be you know they tend to be just a nice length and very with some really good graphics um yeah. I think so, and one one reason we do that is um, some a academic journals are dry without yeah. art, but this is geared toward the practitioner. Mm -hmm. We're really trying the AGA member, no matter what aspect of accounting, accountability, transparency they're in, we want them to pick up uh, the magazine. It's more magazine sometimes than journal, uh, if to just get into the the meanings of the words, but um, we want them to look at it and and want to look at the pages, and I think we're we're getting there. I think we're achieving mm -hmm. that. Well, also, like, you know, I mean, I read some of this, like the AICPA and the internal audit journals, all those journals, you know, just because for my profession, but I do like how you always do have some articles in there that are kind of technical, like some new GASB standard or new FaceApp thing or you know, I just, I appreciate that. And I mean, I that, I'd hope that would always be in there along with, because some of the articles are more like in the front pages are, are a little, they're not that technical necessarily. They can be, but I, I, I like that balance of technical, but also educational or, you know, broader topics as well. Yeah, so that, that reflects the profession now and, and the AGA membership because their people are involved in HR, they're involved yeah. in um, cyber security, yep. And yep. All, all different kinds of aspects. And sometimes people um, who are members of AGA are looking for advice on leadership. And so that's why we, we try to include that too whenever we can. Mm -hmm. So we're, really, we're open to any kind of article. If it's a good idea, bring it to us, and then we'll see if it fits. We'll maybe make it fit if it's really good. <laughs> Get it in there. Um, well, I was going to ask here, uh, okay, so maybe a little bit about, let's say I want to write an article, where do I go, what do I do, how do I, where, where's some guidance out there? Okay, I, we really need the full-length articles that will be blind peer-reviewed, and they're 
No more than 2,500 words. I would say aim for 2,000 words because the board is going to tell you <laughs> maybe you need to talk about this a little more. So leave yourself some wiggle room. Hmm, okay. Do some research. And as you do your research, note where you got this information from and make a good footnote or endnote for us. Um, and please start with an outline. <laughs> That's the teacher in me, the editor in me. Um, start with an outline and what you want to say. The, the reason we have people write abstracts is not only for our table of contents, but also to try to help the writer focus on what, what are you trying to say. And if you have to, to um, distill it into just a few sentences, then that's going to help you drive your article to the end. And then um, just go through your story systematically and then send it the, pref the preferred way. You could send it to me, but um, this makes everyone in the office crazy because we need the information of the people who are sending it. So please send it to the um, online portal mm. on the AGA website. And you there's a place for everything. There's a place for the article, the abstract, your bio, and your address, and your headshot. And then I would have it all right there. And then I can process it, and then I send it over to the board. So... So do people go ahead and just submit the whole shebang, or is it an abstract first or an outline first? or The whole shebang. Okay, gotcha. However, if someone has an idea, mm. it's a good idea maybe to float it. Uh, and then I would, like, turn to Dawn and say, well, what about this idea? Is this a good one? Or pensions or something yeah. we had one time? Or yeah, a, just not too long ago, yeah. Yeah, and um, they'd say, yes, that's a good idea. And so then we'd have a little dialogue back and forth because – I really want to help people get their article published if they have a good idea. And so if they'll run past the, um, run, float the idea, that's right. maybe the best uh, best process. Right, because also maybe it doesn't really fit the broad theme either. It's like, oh, well, maybe should I submit this later or here's my idea just to get feedback before mm -hmm. they put all the effort to write this thing. Yes, you know? that's the thing is that it takes so much time to write the article yeah. that maybe you ought to ask if you're not sure. Mm -hmm. And also, if you have an idea that doesn't fit the theme, go ahead and submit it when it's ready. We can look at it and give you advice, and then you could prepare it for the next issue. Yeah, yeah I was just curious. that Ones that maybe you get, but they're not really fitting into this quarter, I mean, and you do want to publish them later, it, I mean, is there a timeline on that? Do you try to get it the next one or two, or has there been one a year down the line before you published it, you know? No, we, us really. we usually get it in by the next issue. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there's a mechanism for people to submit articles, but what if you're just not getting something you want? I mean, do you guys solicit information, for example? or? I'm, in my experience, we've not come up a case where we didn't have enough articles. Well, that's good. You know, um, that being said, we're always trying to promote, pe uh, you know, people that we know or that are dealing with interesting topics. Or, you know, our current chair was at a conference, what, oh, six, nine months ago. And, you know, Tracy heard, you know, a speaker and said, oh, this would make a great article and went up right up to the speaker and said, hey, you know what? You should, uh, you should, you know, work on this and yeah. turn it into an article for our journal. And, you know, at, that's good. Yeah. So I, I think you want to be proactive to a point, mm -hmm. um, but we don't, we haven't found ourselves, you know, running around, you know, you know, please, Short. please, please, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. We, right now we're working on um, 
in fact, if any listeners would like to participate, we're trying to address the issue of the crisis in CPA credentials. Mm. Not enough um, CPAs. Um, And so we had a letter to the editor from um, a gentleman who's uh, one of our members out in Washington State, and that set off a process. This is a first for us to we have we had him and uh, I said, well, why don't you um, look into this a little more? And he took the bull by the horns. He uh, interviewed all kinds of his colleagues and boards of accountancy, mm-hmm. and so he produced that article. But we need more. So then we're having um, we're inviting other people to share some of their comments, and we'll see how that works out, if we can put this together for maybe the fall issue, maybe the winter, of how um, you know, how are people viewing this crisis? Is it a crisis? If it is a crisis, uh, what, what can we do about it? Yeah. Or what should we do about it? And then how does the CGFM um, fit into the, um, into the whole picture? So, yeah, I mean, on that topic, I mean, what other – types of articles would you all be in, interested in seeing? I mean, what you know, if, if people are listening, you know, I don't know. What, you, you see so many well, of them, so I would think you might know, what. well, I'd like to see something on this. Well, I, I suspect we will see something on artificial intelligence before too long. Oh, sure, um, sure. And, you know, we, in the past we've, you know, we, we there's been discussion of kind of what I will call process automation. Yep. yep. Um, which, you know, deals, you know, deals with task-related or transaction-related but I, I do think now AI has the potential to change, A, how some of the oversight work is done, B, how some of the things like maybe budget formulation work is done. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea. But I suspect, you know, be interesting in the future to get some of those perspectives. Um, yeah, I think that chat GPT is a huge one. Like, I, I mean, I'd love to write an article about that because it's just, I think there's so many, well, if people are scared of it too. But I think there are really good applications possibly for that. So, for example, you know, it goes out on the, it can go out on the internet and search the whole world for answers to your questions, right? And it's amazingly accurate, and sometimes it's very wrong too. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, I was gonna yes. say from what I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's a know, combo, but you, yeah. you, know, you always hear the bad news. But um, you know, you can also feed it with your documents. So, for example, the FAR or the Red Book or whatever mm-hmm. government guidance. And, you know, the FAR is huge, right? Yeah. So what if you want a simple answer to your question, just ask ChatGPT. It'll look in the FAR and give you the human response, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. Right. I mean, I think that's very interesting applications beyond just doing transactions and systems, mm-hmm. you know? Well, Paul, I think you should write that. I, <laughs> I have to get I, my consortium together. I like how you guys do tend to have, like, two or three people and authors involved, yeah. you know? And yeah. actually, how does that work? I mean, do people just naturally do that, or do you encourage that? Having multiple authors? I don't really encourage it okay. because uh, as a writer myself, writing in a, a, on a team for me is difficult. <laughs> kind of hard, so yeah. I, I don't. But, um, for instance, um, if I may name drop here, Jeff Steinhoff yeah. is wonderful at working with different authors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, think, I think they divide and conquer the topic, mm-hmm. give everybody. And then the best way, just from my experience, and I think Jeff does this because he's such a strong writer, is yeah. to – then be the the main writer at the end who smooths everything out right. like all the inputs and yeah. yeah so that that's a way to ha- that's one way to tackle it okay yeah no but it also makes yeah. it i think a little less daunting for the authors mm. you know if you're a especially if it's your first article if you're a first time author 
and all by yourself, it's, oh, you know, is this going to be good enough? Is this going to be, you know, whereas if you have a couple colleagues who have done it before and, you know, can either mentor or, you know, I think it, it helps, helps a bit. But yes. you do need one voice in the article. I, yes. You one can't voice. have an article that <laughs> jumps from, like, three voices. That's And, yeah. it, and if we do... And, it, and I would have to publish it, I would probably break it up into different colors. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I the designer Ooh. to make it three Ooh. different articles. Or three different per, you know, persons' cool. perspectives or something. Or, you know, sometimes you read, a, you read an article and it's basically an interview of multiple people has their name and the things they said and the next person's name and what they said, but it's more of an interview style. But yeah. um, So, I mean, is there kind of any kind of mechanism for you all to receive feedback from readers, maybe what they like, what mm. they don't like, what they want to see? Have you ever explored anything like that? Um, letters to the editor. <laughs> well, there are letters to the editor. There are, okay, okay. And I, I love them because it usually um, gives us an idea. And I can, I typically, when I get a letter from the editor, if it's well written, I will typically go back to the uh, um, writer of that letter and say, "Could you make it about eight hundred words long so I can <laughs> fit it in our opinion column?" Ah, uh, okay. Which is why you don't see too many letters of the mm-hmm. editor. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're uh, letters to the editor. You could. Just write in at journal at aga mm-hmm. Um We could maybe do a survey at some point. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not sure that we've did that I that we've done we something like that. It might be something you know you could hand out at the PDT, for yeah. example. When you're at the booth, have since a little. You, since you have people, you, yeah. you you have a an audience assembled. So that's right. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a great idea because that is one factor we don't get feedback i don't know how people yeah. react to the article i'll be honest it's the same with the podcast because i mean a lot of this communication tends to be one way you push mm-hmm. it out in the world and then you know you never hear anything ever again right. unless you're on youtube you have your comments and they're always bad comments right so you don't want to read that um so i, I kind of i'm at the same position i always ask for hey send us an email send me a thing send me a linkedin but you know, very rarely do I hear anything. But then when I go to a conference, like 30 people will come up to me. Yes. So yes. that's really how I get my ideas, to be honest with you. Well, you know, at NLT, I got several ideas just by being there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for instance, our president, Melinda Miguel, she's a, she wrote a very nice article for the current issue uh, that's coming out in a few weeks uh, about what they're doing in Florida to, to train people in-house because – Hiring is a difficulty right now, and yeah. so they're in, uh, upskilling people who are already employed with them. And uh, so she, we were talking about that in NLT, and I said, oh, that would be a good article. And she said, do you think so? And I said, oh, I, I know that would be good, <laughs> so please. So she did. She wrote it, did a great job. And the same happens. Um, um, Dawn one time, after reading the newspaper, said, oh, oh we need an article on the um, I forgot now what it is. Oh, it's the yeah the municipal disclosure um, rubric where mm-hmm. for municipal bond issuers, whether or not the information you know can be has to be digital basically digitally available right. um, and processable as opposed to just paper disclosure and yeah um, you know it, it's been available for you know publicly traded you know stocks for a long time. That's right. Yeah. But the municipal disclosures have varied based on the size of the issuer and um turns out we found a there was an existing coalition of of academics um who 
had very strong opinions about this and were more than happy to put together an initial article. Um, yeah, yeah, so there we just floated a, an email to this group because one of the members of the group had written an article in the past and said, do you know anybody who'd like to write about this? And immediately two professors like, yeah. yes, we're all over this. We'd like to write it. And that will be in the summer issue also. Oh, cool. Uh, well, our time has run out already. But uh, I, one more thing I wanted to say was I, I absolutely use the journal for a lot of podcast ideas. So thanks again for that because I've gotten a lot of great guests. You know, we go a little deeper dive on some articles. And, yeah, so I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you too because I also listen to the podcast. You got to listen to this one and come up with an yeah. idea from it. And I try to meet yeah. the people at, at NLT or PDT yeah. or something and ask, uh, hey, why don't you write an article about that thing you said to Paul? That's, That's right. <laughs> well, any final, I mean, if you guys want to do any final uh, words or encouragement or, you know, feel free, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a last word here. No, I just would encourage people to, you know, not be shy about submitting articles or, or at least touching base about ideas and which could then easily turn into articles. It's, it makes it a richer process and, and we have such a broad range of potential issues because we span all levels of government mm -hmm. that there's, there's a lot of material and a lot of subjects out there that probably haven't been touched on yet. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Any final words there? The one thing I would say is that we don't get enough articles from the state and local perspective, and 40% of our membership is state and local. So if there is someone listening who works in a state office or city, works for a county as a controller or something, float an idea to us, and we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah, I know Idaho's listening because they, they always reach out to me, so Idaho. <laughs> All right, well, thank you both very much. We're going to wrap it up here, but uh, thanks for being guests today. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, and that's our show. Thanks for listening. You can check us out at agacgfm.org or on any podcast app out there. And uh, many more exciting guests coming, so stay tuned. And until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.